Welcome to We Are The Facts, two idiots guide to all things the national. On a journey to learn more about music and save their dying friendship, I'm your host, Ali Abdul Latif, and with me as always is my co-host and sometimes friend, Justin Tachi. Hey, how's it going, guys? Episode hey, two. Welcome back. Uh, today's episode will be about sad songs for dirty lovers. Which I'm very uh, excited to talk about, but let's let's start with some nonsense, Justin. Uh, some nonsense. Uh, you yelled at me today to stop talking on the phone because I was talking about podcast gold, apparently. Oh, yes. You were talking about uh, Better Oblivion Community Center, the new band by uh, Connor Oberst and Phoebe Bridgers. And I was like, let's talk about it on the podcast and let's not pretend to be friends off the podcast. That's fair because we are no longer friends. Fuck you. Anyway, um, so I very much like the record. How did you feel about it? I really like it. I'm not a like a bright eyes kid, so like Connor Oberst doesn't do it for me. Like I think he does it for people who like he's helped through angst phases. You mean like moi? Exactly. <laughs> so for me, and like I, 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 I figured out who Free Bridges was like a couple years ago, and like I really fell in love with her voice and her style. So like to me, the songs are best when it's Phoebe singing and Connor playing, and like as soon as he like starts to like harmonize with the duet vocals i'm like eh, i don't need you connor go back to playing your guitar or whatever you do let's say the actual words that you said when you were on the phone which was i don't need your dumb voice bitch yeah i might have been like a little bit harsh on him his voice doesn't suck it's just it doesn't do it for me like i think it does it for a lot of people who uh like grew up listening to him well anyway um i think connor Oberst is awesome and uh, the song Service Road is probably my favorite song off of it. To be fair, I'm pretty sure that could easily fit on I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning, um, especially with just Phoebe barely in the background. Um, but my favorite duet on the album is Dylan Thomas. So Dylan Thomas is a pretty good one. Dylan Thomas was the pre-sale code, by the way, uh, for the people who uh, – I mean, it's past the pre-sale now, so uh, sorry. We were not helpful there. Uh, yeah, well, I got the presale and it was awesome. And now I'm going to see them at the Sinclair in Boston. Yeah, the presale was sold out by the time I chose to uh, find my way to the internet. So uh, I'm either going to have to buy it with the rest of the stock of people or just, you know, not see the show. We'll find out. Or be sad. Yeah. I mean, either way, you'd be sad, I guess. Speaking of albums, did you hear Weezer's new album? Teal? Uh, yeah. You mean Yacht Rock? <laughs> Ugh, Weezer's having like a whole journey. God bless their soul. They're such a garbage band. I can't. But like, I think they know how garbage they are, and that's what makes it pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, for those of you keeping track at home, I'm very much, uh, Pinkerton was the best they've done, and then they haven't been good since. Uh, some people I mean, will. That's, that's where I think everybody sits. And no, then maybe no, you have your like diehard oh, no. Weezer people who like have been like, no, they only grow and become more amazing with time. Which respect the shit out you guys, but you're wrong. But like, I respect you. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Those other records are poo poo. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy people stand by them because like they they deserve to be stood by. I just don't agree. They just made two good records. That's it. Like if they just stopped, that would have been ideal. Ugh, there's uh, the Weezer cruise. That's that's something I've always been like. I should go on a Weezer cruise. <laughs> See no, how much I want to kill myself. Wanna... <laughs> no, you don't want to do that. I don't that think I hurt. could do an entire cruise of one band. Anyway, maybe Julian Baker, but like pretty much, I think I'd be over any band. Like after a couple days, I don't think Julian Baker can do a like. You have to have at least like ten albums to do a cruise. That's kind of the rule. Hundred percent. But I could keep hearing that first album over and over again for the rest of my life and be okay with it. Uh, that's fair, 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 fair. All right, well, let's dive into sad songs. So, All right, wow, Justin's in a hurry. Fuck the garbage nonsense. He wants to get straight to it. Hey. No foreplay, nothing. Just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. All right, oof. All right, let me get my hands I mean, it back on. the motif of the record, which is just being sad and fucking. All right, all right. Um, sad songs for dirty lovers. Justin, what are your thoughts? Um, so you have more of a relationship with this record than I do. Um, I've listened to the record a couple times in the past. I like some of the singles and those I've put in playlists. Like I've listened like available and, um, murder me. Rachel is also on uh, cherry tree. So I've listened to that song a lot 
or at least the live version is. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like the record. I think it's definitely better than the first album because I think it gives you more of a, uh, a signature national sound, if you will. But I, I still don't think they achieved that until Cherry Tree. But um, I, all in all, I think it's a pretty good record. Not my favorite by any means, though. Okay. Uh, I will say I am in love with this record. I think it is overlooked by most national fans as like, oh, it's one of their early stuff and it's not great. But I think they do a lot of like, so I think here they've kind of found their voice a little bit. It's not as well defined as it will later be in like Boxer or something, but they definitely found their voice and they're like starting to explore and like experiment a little bit. And for the most part, it is rewarding. I think the first half of this album is almost bulletproof. And then there are some, like, weak parts a little bit later, but, like, there's one glaring, I think, shithole stinker of a song in this album. But in general, I think this album is really, really, really strong, and it does not get the credit it deserves. But, yeah, I I mean, I think this record falls into the unfair category of being an early album. If you grew with the band as they released records, I think have more of an appreciation for this album but for people that started with like me like trouble will find me or uh or or um high violet it kind of falls flat because it doesn't it doesn't pale in comparison to those you know i think the i think people just forget how good it is i think it's it's not in as heavy rotation because it doesn't have i think as big a singles on it and i think just as an album it works really really well with again a that's couple fair. of stinkers and like misplaced songs that's fair i think i think uh i think that's fair i think the record as a whole especially has a really good theme and it stays um pretty uh i won't say that the songs go into each other like flow perfectly but i think that like the theme throughout the record is pretty flawless in that you stay with this whole theme of just, you know, you're sad, you're trying to fuck your way through it, you fucked up, you feel regret, you feel all those kinds of things, and that's the whole motif of the record, at least in my in my view. Yeah, and I mean, the songs maybe don't flow into each other like as smoothly as you usually like it to be, but I think the sound tends to like pick up where it left off almost and like, the change in tone gives kind of a story to it. So like some songs are a little bit faster and more intense. Some songs are a bit slower and and more methodic. And it like, it gives this balance where it just keeps me interested throughout the album. But as we go song by song, I think that'll be more highlighted in it. So let's, let's just start jumping in song by song. How about that? Sounds good. All right. Cardinal Cardinal song. song. Ooh, we did that in unison. Ooh. Never look her in the eyes Never tell the truth If she knows your paper You know she'll have to burn you Never tell the one you want That you do Save it for the deathbed When you know you kept her Wanting you do everything she never do. Cardinal song. Justin, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So I think this song sets up the whole record. It kind of gives you a feeling of, you know, it, 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 like it's kind of saying that pride is more important than the relationship which is what brought him into the situation in the first place yeah do you agree so i again i I do agree that this sets up the album it it does a great job it kind of sets you up for like the 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 style of lyrics that'll happen later in this album i also think this song kind of sets up a lot of the style and type of music you'll later hear in like boxer as well I don't know. There's just like some kind of mu- like beautiful tragedy in the like keep yourself hidden from the one you love type mentality of like don't let them know what you where your vulnerabilities are. Don't let them know where your weaknesses are. Like just keep yourself a mystery because then like you won't get hurt type thing. Yeah, and like they'll want you more. Like which is like not a great lesson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know. But it's it seems like the bad lessons. 
learned from a bad relationship, you know? Like, you think you've figured it out, but, like, really you've learned a bad lesson, and this is, like, a bad lesson you've learned. Or maybe actually it's a good... I don't know. I'm not a relationship expert. Maybe there is, like, some truth and keep yourself hidden from the one you love. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. But, I I, I mean, very much... I'll, I'll kind of piggyback on your point. I think it very much comes from a place of, like, I had a bad relationship. I know how to do this shit now, so... You know what I mean? It's like, like you think you know what's going on until like you find someone that actually matters to you. So yeah, um, and then the song, the song kind of goes through like some kind of like change, like almost near the end, halfway through ish. Like this, the style of the song somewhat a little bit changes, and I think you can see that a lot in a lot of this album, where like the song starts off at what as one thing and kind of ends as something else. Yeah, no, I, and I also really like the outro on this, the the strings and and the uh, acoustic. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of lead out really nice and then lead into the next track, um, which really re- lead really nice into Slipping Husband. All right. Do you want to just play Slipping Husband then? Yeah. That was, you weren't supposed to say anything because it would just been nice. If it yeah. Well, I've ruined it now. So let's just, how about we play it now? How about that? Uh, sounds good. Sit down, dear. We got to talk. You're acting like a kid. We don't want to hear about the things you never did. You could have been a legend. But you became a father, that's what you are today, that's what you are today. Spending all your time somewhere inside your head, haunted by the imported life you could live. But your kisses aren't enough to keep your kids in line, so you better straighten out yourself and give your baby time. If you don't give her what she needs, she'll get her where she can. Okay, if you say anything bad about this song, I'll cut you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this uh, song so much. Like, this is, like, one of the songs that made me fall in love with The National. It has, like, all these different elements to it that I think work so well. It has kind of, like, a country vibe to it. It has, like, a folksy vibe to it. But it also has, like, this, like, indie rock vibe. And then, like, later in the song, it kind of gets a little bit more intense. And, like, the instruments pick up. And it, like everything about the song hits on so many levels for me i agree with you and i think this song is the reason and shows why bryce joining the band officially is what made the national what they are today i wholeheartedly because because i think you have a lot of dual musicianship going on here like while like one's like sitting on the organ or sitting on the on the synth and then you have one that's just wailing on the guitar it kind of just creates this vacuum of just like that allows matt to really just focus in and kind of just propel the story forward um this song in particular for me is just kind of like no fucks given um i'm just like like if a a father just kind of just sat there and took everything took all the shit every day for the whatever and then eventually just exploded which yeah. like goes into his vocal at the end. Yes, I, I think it does have this like weird, interesting like conversation, uh, and I, I really don't know on which end I fall on specifically because it's like you at one on one side, like yeah, you're not like a a person anymore. You're you're a father and a husband, and you gotta focus on that because like who cares what you wanted to be? This is what you are now. Versus the yeah. like, I'm still like a person in here. And I, I mean, I'm on more of the debate of, yeah, 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 shut up. You're your father now. But like, I guess dads would disagree with me. I'm not a dad. I didn't make that mistake. <laughs> that's, that's exactly the point. It's like, I feel like the mistake, it, it, the regrets is so surreal and that like, it's, it's so present um, that, you know, I mean, I can't really, I'm not a father either, so I can't really say it. And also I'm not a father. I, I guess it's more important to say I'm not a father, not by choice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean fair Cause, enough because i feel like because i feel like being a father i mean i think that the father thing kind of it plays into the song a lot so especially when he just screams at the top of his vocals and i feel like that's when he kills the whole family <laughs> okay i did not go there but you did 90 mile water wall <laughs> well i know that you know that you become the target of this hand with never even asking Well I know that you know That you're the only thing that I can stand So how could your head 
90 mile water wall. Yeah, so I think this song kind of uh, the theme kind of even goes forward from the last track kind of bleeds into the this one um this song i think is someone that's just looking outward not necessarily your father but it could be a woman it could be anybody in a relationship that's just looking outward for any escape from it mm-hmm. rather than dealing with the reality in front of him or her yeah the violin on this track is one of my favorite things ever i like the um this song is kind of gives me like firefly vibes do you ever watch the show firefly yeah, that does. So what I was going to say is this song seems like a traveling montage song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like kind of like it gives me like a Johnny Cash vibe, like just like kind of like just like traveling, like like, you know, on a train and the characters going to another city or something like that. Yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's a really cool song. I like it. Um, it's it's not lyrically my favorite on the album, but it, it is strong song. And it's that violin track like hooks me every time. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Matt's trying some lyrics, like trying to go out there with a lot of his lyrics. But like, I mean, like, it, like praying for a trapdoor to trick uh, for trapdoor trigger. I don't know. It just seems like a very forced line. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of like a lot of the lines on this record are very good, but the problem is that sometimes he forces it too much because yeah. i don't think he's come up with the artistry of just like delivering it like the perfect line at the perfect time yeah so. uh, i agree uh, i want to move on to it never happened yep It never happened. This one's also a great one. Um, uh, I don't know. This track for me kind of is a little, uh, I don't know, blah for me. I don't think that it really evokes a lot of emotion. It really doesn't like – it kind of fades in the background for me. I So, okay. Um, when I started like being like, okay, I'm going to listen to this album over and over again and kind of like put my feelings about it into words, this song kind of eluded me a little bit. And I think a little bit I was on the fence about like whether I was going to like say was one of my favorites or not. Um, but I do really like it. There's like a kind of like a helplessness to it. A, I, I, I mean, in the lyrics, there's, um, what is it? Uh, crack my head, rearrange me. It's like yeah, just, I mean, do with it, do with me what you will. Yeah, I mean, that, that like that's... I just love it. It it there's something about the song that might not be like evidently distinguishing just from like listening to it once, but like when you live with the song, it really I think um, it, it 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 surrounds you a little bit. The words, the lyrics, they kind of like can fit different like instances of your life in a way that's like I think only a good song can. Yeah, I mean, I, the only thing is like I don't think that this song is that sonically interesting. So I would expect a little bit more on the vocal. If you're going to make it a little bit like make that come forward a little bit more. And for me, it doesn't really, it kind of falls flat on both ends, but Mm -hmm. not like, it's not a bad song. It's just not, you know, it it kind of fades in the back for me, at least on the, on the, on the track listing. Okay. Well, uh, let's go to the song that I think most people will know off this album, which is murder me, Rachel. yeah so one of the top tracks for me (laughs) yeah i mean it's so it's lyrically i think more 
not stagnant. It's repetitive. It's a lot more repetitive than a lot of the other songs. And I think fans of our show from the Death Cab year uh, will know that, like, I'm not super into repetitive songs. But this song, I think, uh, musically is really cool and interesting and fun. It kind of gives me, um, like, Mr. Brightside vibes, but, like... Yeah, I mean, if anything, I think that – I mean, the lyrics are great, and I think the song mm-hmm. works really well with what they have. But to your point of the repetitiveness, it to me, his vocal is almost like a bass line that kind of falls in the back. Mm-hmm. And you're really listening to that jamming guitar that's just kind of building as it goes. I agree. I agree. It's a great song. It's really good. It um, also gets kind of like a Slipping Husband, kind of like finds like the end kind of gets a little bit more intense, and it plays up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, really I mean, like. I think the frustration is really, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I've seen someone that I've either fallen out of love with or uh, been sleeping with and, you know, it didn't end well. And then you see that person with another person and it sucks. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's why I'm like, it's giving me like Mr. Brightside vibes, too, because like that's kind of yeah. the same idea where like it's like a cool song to like dance to, to move to. But really, the emotion is like, I'm so sad and alone. And I hate you for finding someone else. Why not me? <laughs> Which is, uh, I think, fantastic. Also, this song, I think, uh, a little bit matches like um, what you later see in like Alligator, kind of. Yeah, no, I think this song uh, very much reminds me of like what you'll see in Alligator. Almost kind of reminds me of, or is reminiscent of, like what what would lead to be mistaken for strangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 I agree with that. On um, Boxer, so. Um, but yeah, I, I think that this is this is them understanding what they can do in a fast-paced, quote-unquote, fast-paced song, I would say. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to Thirsty. As far as I can tell, nothing like a princess, but today I find myself curling up behind. There's nothing in the air today Now I know Thirsty Um, I also want to say I hate the way I said thirsty both both times It was kind of gross and I apologize Uh, Yeah, you're you're a gross person (laughs) Yes, uh, Thirsty, I, I, I like this track I think it's really good at shifting the tone From Murder Me Rachel And then, uh, the next song Which also has, like uh, we'll get to it when we get to it, but uh, this is like kind of like slows down a little bit, like uh, moves us a little bit up, and then we get into available, which is like a a classic song, and I think it's a great like album transition track. It's a good song in of itself. It's I like where it- yeah, no, I I think this is where um to your point before, I think that they do transition the tone up really well mm-hmm. on this song. Um, not necessarily my favorite song. But I think in terms of where it's placed on the record, it kind of works perfectly. Um, I think some of the lyrics are a little weird, like uh, like no dumbass dove in my brain or a hawk in my heart, which <laughs> didn't know those were phrases. Yeah, but, I, um, I think that's a staple of the national, though, like where there's like a lyric where you're like, I don't know how you can translate this. It makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I think but I think it's placed to the point where he could say this fucked up shit that's just like, what the fuck are you on, bro? But like at the same time, like you get the, um, the emotion that comes out mm-hmm. of it, which is like, which for me in this track, at least from what I got from it is that, Hey man, like I'm pretty harmless, but I'm just here to fuck. Like, I'm not trying to fall in love with you. I'm not trying to whatever. I'm just here to fucking, you know, have some fun and get the fuck out. Yeah. I think it definitely has, I mean, so the first song of the album is Cardinal Song, which also a bird. And it, I think it's like there's a lot of symbolism using birds it's like that just occurred to me now. So I might be like pulling this completely out of my Whoa. ass. But I think like cardinals are like one of those birds that like breed for life. And then you have uh, doves, which are like symbol- symbolic of like peace and love and marriage. Uh, and then a hawk, which is like more of like a predator type animal. And I I don't know. I see some symbolism with the animals here and the birds, and I have no idea what they mean, and I probably will have to re-listen to the entire album again with that in mind and see if I come up with something, but I have no idea right now. Uh, I would like to tell the people that Ali is jerking off because of how much he loves the symbolism that he think he just saw. Okay, I am doing Dude, no such thing. You are disgusting. Let's move on. Available. 
<laughs> He's available, gen- ladies and gentlemen. So this song is straight about doing it, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, it, we're just doing it. <laughs> yes. This is, I, I think, but another... we're sad about it. Yeah, I think this is one of the other, like, classics off the album. This also, like, um, like Slipping Husband, like, at the end, kind of, like, pumps up, like, an energy, and I'm really into it. It has that, like, fuck you, let's fuck type feeling. And, um, yeah, yeah, but if anything, it's the counterpart that wants to fuck, and mm-hmm. he wasn't really into it, Yeah. but... Yeah, you know, couple, couple, a uh, couple things of bitters and absolute. Yeah, uh, and fucking, we're we're going. Yeah, I that, that's the the line. Did you dress me down, or uh, did you dress me down and liquor me up to make me last for the minute, or something like that? Yeah, that's, exactly. And yeah. Then, like, I think that it's you know, he got what he wanted, mm-hmm. and he think he's kind of reveling in this. Like, sh- I I got what I wanted. I had the sex. I did what I wanted to do. But it was this even what I wanted. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, no, I think this track, I mean, this is a fucking just banger of an indie track as, as much as like a head nodder could be from like an indie band. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, the, the, the lights are just flashing. You got, you, you, you see this thing on live, you see this song live. It's just, it's crazy. It's an explosion. It, immer- it immerses, especially coming from a band that has some, a lot of dreary tracks like this fucking explodes yeah and if you want to hear ali call this a perfect album you just stop here and say ali you're right this was a perfect album seven tracks that's all i needed i can move on now because what we're gonna do next i apologize for sugar wife wow I hate this song in so many different ways. Um, I'm sorry if you're on the internet and we, I know we sometimes shit on songs people love and they're like, Hey, you shit on the song that we love. And honestly, it's not about you. It's just a song personally didn't connect with me or something. If you like sugar wife, I don't know what to tell you. It's ridiculous. It's a terrible song. You're wrong. I hate the song. <laughs> and for this to be uh, on, are like, you, are you ready? Are you ready? You like it? No, don't tell me you like it. Oh yeah. Oh, you trash person. We're done. This podcast is over. I cannot stand you. What really? This song? Why? Explain yourself. Explain yourself now. Do okay. it. Do it to my face. One, one I think this song is a good interlude. Um, coming out of available. I also like how the song sounds like it could be on American Beauty uh, by Grateful Dead. So that gives me all those vibes. I'm all about the song. It's like it's like a sugary or, or something like that. I, I'm all about it. I hate the song. I think it's sonically not interesting. Like the music musicianship of it is like, and then the lyrics are sugar. What? Oh God! The next time I play that song, I'm gonna be jumping out of the window. No, thank you. <laughs> How do you feel about Trophy Wife? Trophy wife. Um, so do you hate the song just as 
as much. A hundred percent not. This song, I think, is a good song. Here's the thing. So when you hear it after Sugar Wife, it sounds like, oh my god, finally we're back to music. Um... <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know if it's the best song. I think it's such a good relief from Sugar Wife, and it shows how much more clever and intelligent and deep a song can be. Uh, that's almost, I like, it's very similar to Sugar Wife, or, like, the idea of it is similar to Sugar Wife, but this one works so much better. So it, I hold it in so much higher of an esteem. I don't know on its own if it would merit that. It, it definitely, in the album, comes out as a, a nice uh break or like refresher after that terrible song <laughs> anyway um no i mean i think sugar wife's better but i think you think sugar wife is a better song anyway shut your um, whore mouth no you don't <laughs> no you anyway, don't you I, can't you don't <laughs> like how this song is nice like it's like a fuzzy hazy track it um it emotes just this idea of kind of like it's even pretty much you have the duality of the two tracks you have sugar wife and you have trophy wife so one's giving you something one's taking something from you so, so i think that that's a pretty cool idea um could it have been a little bit more clever yes um but i think all in all it's a pretty cool idea and and i think that they succeed in in doing it so yeah to go back to the earlier point that i made that i was trying to make which is that the album has a lot of experimentation and they kind of see what works for them and what doesn't. I think Sugar Wife is an experiment that was like a failed experiment. Like they went out on a limb. I will give them that, but I don't think that experiment worked. And I don't think you really can hear anything like that later on because they know that it didn't work. But Ali, Sugar Wife. Shut your whore mouth. Uh, But (laughs) Trophy Wife, I think is an experiment that did work a little bit. Like again, it's a little bit of a different tone, but I think it did pay off for them. And I think a lot of the things that paid off in this album was them trying something a little bit different and ending up with something that was pretty cool and something they will later replicate or try to explore deeper. Yep. All right. Off to Fashion Code. fashion coat uh i don't think i mean this track is pretty good i don't think it stands as tall as any of the other tracks on this album um i think it's straightforward it's not my favorite by any means but it's not a bad song i think that the lyrics just basically paint a picture of just you're you're looking for some you're you're looking for something new but you want the other person but you're looking for them in all the wrong places yeah i will say i like how this song starts off a lot i like the his vocals in it i like the the music in it and it starts off very well for me i just don't think it kind of holds my attention all throughout the song it the lyrics uh, kind of flatten out after the first like 30 seconds and then the music kind of doesn't really uh, develop far after that either so I think overall it's a good song. Uh, it's just not my favorite on the album. Yeah, there's nothing that really drives that brings me back to the song at yeah. all. Like it just kind of it is what it is. So yeah, uh, I guess that's all, all right. I have to Patterns say about that. Patterns of fairy tales. Patterns of fairy tales. Um, uh, yeah, how do you feel ahead. about it? I would like to argue that this is the song they should have ended the album on. Uh, no, I don't agree with that. I think "Lucky You" is a good way to end the record. I, well, I don't think you need my... both. I don't think you need both. That's if you true. Delete one. 
That's true. I, I think it's it's a little bit more experimental than Lucky You is, and it kind of has that end vibe. I, I agree that they're they're not redundant of each other, uh, but they're definitely in like a similar vibe where I would have put Lucky You somewhere uh, further into the album and put this as the very last one. But I guess some could argue that Lucky You does kind of wrap up the theme a little bit better, but we'll get to Lucky You. This is not our talking about Lucky You. Let's talk about uh, Patterns of Fairy Tales. Justin, what do you think? Uh, I like the exper- I, if you're talking about experimentation, I think this track has a lot of that. I think a lot of what they do with the um, with the synths on this and combining it with the acoustic um, is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like. Uh, I think the lyrics are strong in the song. I think that it conveys a story of someone who is um, maybe has the idea of love or loves the idea of love and has all these like romantic romantic gestures in mind mm-hmm. but when it comes to follow through they don't fucking do that yeah that's fair so i think that that kind of drives this track home where it's just like i mean like a lot of these songs is just emptiness yeah, this song de- definitely has like a, a dream fairy tale like quality for me too. Just the way the synths come in and, and the way his voice sounds in this. Uh, I really like this song uh, as part of an album. And I think it would have made for a strong end to an album. Uh, I could see why you would argue that Lucky You would be the better end though. So let's listen to that and then talk about this further. Every time you get a drink. Every time you go to sleep All those dreams inside your head Is there sunlight on your bed Every time you're driving home Way outside lucky you um yeah okay yeah so this song is beautiful um Um, i so i like it i don't love it i think as much as you do it it kind of there's something about the you own me lucky you part that kind of like rings untrue to me uh, yeah, but I think I think it's not necessarily saying that like now we have to stay together. It's just like you broke me, like in a in a cynic's way. It's in a, in a cynical way. It's just kind of like this is what you made me. Lucky you. This is what you fucking get now. And I, I think I that understand that, it. Just so it's it's it does cap off. It, so I feel like this is a movie with two endings. I think uh, Patterns of Fairy Tales and Lucky You are two different endings shoved into the same album. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings with its like sixteen endings at the end of that fucking <laughs> Return of the King. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean that's fair. But like one is you're you're kind of just living in this fairy tale world, like you know, you're just you're not reality. And this one's just fucking reality. It's like you know, life fucking sucks, man. <laughs> and it's just kind of like brings upon that point of just like. I mean, like the lines, like what you what you break is what you get, and like kind of gives you like, well, fuck, like I'm here. This is the equation. Like, this is this is what I have. It is a good ending. It, it's a strong ending to the album. Uh, I mean, if anything's not... gonna thematically end this record, it's this song. Pattern, yeah. Patterns of fairy tales is almost, uh, I would say, is a, a uh, symptom of the theme, whereas this is the end of the theme. I, yeah, I think the reason I like patterns is it feels like it's the, um, it's a, a good ending for the exploration and sound, um, you know. So sonically, yes, I will agree with you that sonically it's a good way to end because it's a good experimentation and it kind of flows out like it kind of like gives you the end kind yeah. of feel to it. Whereas this is just kind of like a very straightforward track but the reason that i like the song a lot in comparison to like something like uh it never happened or whatever is because this song stays like his vocals stay strong and the lyrics are just so cutting edge that you have to pay attention Mm -hmm. that's fair 
So, um, all right, let's go over uh, favorite tracks, least favorite tracks. All right, uh, favorite tracks. I mean, there's so much I love about this album. It's hard let's to leave pick. It to two. Let's try to make it two. Let's try to leave it. Uh, oh, I'm going to go with Slipping Husband and Available. Uh, although Murder Me Rachel is one of my favorites in Cardinal Song as well. But like, I'll, sticking to two, I will say Available and Slipping Husband. And least favorite track. Uh, Sugar Wife can fuck right out of my album. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't think any song on this record is by any means bad, um, unlike Ali thinks. But I will say that it never happened just because it just kind of falls flat for me. I think that that, that song uh, – it's like between Fashion Coat and it, it, it Never Happened. I think they're both kind of fall flat for me. I don't think that they're – they're by no means bad songs, but they're – I don't know. It's just kind of fluff for me. I think those – you pointed out the two songs, by the way, that I think they experimented the least with in this album. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that's also interesting because like oh, I think a lot of people uh, might snub this album because it's not um, – it's not distinguished enough in tone or like it's, it's not like uh, as like defined as some of the other albums are, but I think that's kind of why it sets, it sets itself apart for me is because they're trying all these different things with the songs. And uh, I think like, I think anyone who listens to this album a few times over, like we definitely have this week preparing for this podcast that you kind of start to enjoy all these differences and subtleties that they're trying in each song. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that this is probably the only album that sonically doesn't sound the same. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know what I mean. I think I later think on we'll see little, some that like pop up that record. are interesting, but yeah. But even the first record, sonically, like from first track to last track, sounds similar and mm-hmm. has the same arc. Whereas, like, and even like every record after this, this is the only one in my, I think, in my opinion, that doesn't follow any any real logical equation of like. These are the songs. This is what we're doing. This is like they tried different pedals on every single track and different effects. Whereas, like at least in like most of the national, I mean, I would argue that every national album has its own effect that they use every time and every track in some variants. Mm-hmm. So, but um, going into my favorite tracks on this record, uh, I would say it's definitely a bit, definitely between available and lucky you. So. All right. Well, uh, I mean, Murder Me Rachel is very good, but I, I think it, it, as if we're just looking at tracks, I'm definitely looking at both of those songs, Available and Lucky You. So um, next week we will be doing uh, Cherry Tree. Well, no, we have a special guest. Oh, right. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, we have another interview episode uh, with uh, that Justin's doing with one of our uh, guests. That'll be fun. You guys should definitely check that out. And then we'll be back the week after that with Cherry Tree. Yes. So um, for those of you that don't listen to the podcast or haven't listened to the podcast and are new, new to it, we do do EPs as their own episode. There is definitely a lot more nonsense on those. So if you are a fan of the nonsense, there is a lot of nonsense. And sometimes our roommate and friend, George, comes on those episodes and uh, just shoots the show. So which EPs are we going to do? Let's just try, like, um, I guess uh, Virginia. EP wise, uh, I, I would assume that because all the other ones are singles. So we would probably do uh, Cherry Tree and uh, Virginia EP. Okay. Is the Abel other ones, uh, a single? Abel's a single. What? Abel from Alligator? Yeah, but there's only three tracks on it. Yeah, do we not want to give that – or do we just want to tag it on to the end of Alligator? We don't need we, to do this in front of our listeners. We can talk about that later. Uh, we don't wrap want up this to know how we make the soup. Anyway, yeah. uh, well, I guess we could just tell them who's coming on next week. Uh, I am very excited about this. It is a uh, – he runs – he – first of all, the guest is Ray Harkins. He was in the – he was and is because uh, the band Taken has reunited and do, does shows occasionally. Um, he's in the band Taken. And he also, uh, more not more importantly, but something that I know him from more, and also a lot of p- people uh, know him from more, is his uh, podcast, Hundred Words or Less. I would equate it to being the Mark Marin of independent music. Um, I can't believe I got him on the podcast. It was really awesome. Uh, so yeah, uh, I know that he's friends with Joey. So I don't know if Joey pushed uh, Joey Cahill, who was in uh, 
um, this season, also as a, a guest for an interview, uh, the owner of 6131 Records. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a great conversation. Uh, we'll leave more for that when we actually do that episode. But um, all right, Ali, what have you been uh, listening to? What have you? What do you? What do you want to plug? All right, uh, I've been rewatching Veep. That is a great show, guys. You should check out Veep. I've been listening to a Better Oblivion Community Center. I haven't listened to it as much as I want to, but I really like the the album. It's it has some cool stuff on it. You guys should check it out too. And I've been listening a lot to the National, surprisingly. So guys, hey, this band, the National, go check them out. Um. <laughs> uh... For me personally, what have I been listening to? Uh, so Better Oblivion Community Center, I listen to um, bunch. I think it's I think it's a solid record. I have to sit with it more. Um, I did get tickets. I'm excited to see them live. I think that the seeing them live will make the songs come, um, you know, alive. Pull, pull, pull me. Yeah, I didn't want to say that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> pull me in a little bit more. But um, uh, an album that I fucking love. That I cannot put down. Uh, it, it came out, I think, two weeks ago. Is Maggie Rogers heard it in a past life? Holy fucking shit! This record is incredible. I li- like. I've never. I haven't done this in a very long time. I listened to this album three times in a row. Okay. Like the first time I listened to it. Like like I listened to this album three times in a row. I lost my shit. It is so well produced. I love her voice. It gives me these resonant vibes of like Lord combined with Stevie Nicks. I don't know. It's it's awesome. Um, what have I been watching? Uh, I want to watch Veep, so I will try to do that. Um, and because I've never watched that show, and it's such a that's good show. Julie Jarvis is amazing. She is a goddess walking am- walking amongst us. Love her to death. And then everyone on that cast is super talented and super cool. Uh, but yes, anyway, uh, let's just wrap up by telling people to follow us on the social media platforms at the facts pod, Instagram, and Twitter. We are, we have the facts.podbean.com for our website. Uh, we have our email. We have the facts pod at gmail.com. Send us an email. Let us know what you think about these episodes, about the interviews, everything else. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, yeah, please, uh, please review us on whatever, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, even if you hate us, it's just nice to, nice to know. Um, also, uh, yeah, we love hearing your, uh, your suggestions via email cause, or if there's any guests that you wanted us to try to get on, um, can't promise that we'll be able to get them on, but, uh, yeah, I mean, shoot us, shoot us an email, let us know. I'm also going to plug uh, the, the national Reddit, which I posted uh, the first episode on and I got a very warm reception from the people on there. They're pretty, it's a pretty cool community and they post a lot of cool stuff. So go check out the national Reddit. They are, seem like cool people. Yeah. I mean, I will say this, the, the death cap community was very nice to us uh, in our first season. Uh, let's hope that we get the same recognition from uh, the national uh, subreddit. But uh, it already seems that it might even be better. Oh, you hear that, Death Cab? People just <laughs> throwing down the gauntlet. You guys sucked. <laughs> um, nah, we love you, Death Cab people. But anyway, uh, I mean, without them, you wouldn't have been able to make your weird fucking episode last, last season. That is true. They came together. If you guys haven't listened to it, if you're new to the show, go back to episode 14 of season one. We had a What Happened to Burning Man Fair. You don't need to know what Burning Man Fair is. It is a dumb, fun podcast that I did with the help of a lot of people from the Death Cab community uh, and the Redditors uh, from there. there. It was a pretty cool episode, and I really enjoyed making it. Yeah, no. Uh, that is when. Uh, that's when you let. That episode is when you let Ali take the reins and just run with it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what do you want to leave the people with? You want to go with uh, community center? Uh, I mean, a, a better Bolivian community center. Sure. Pick a song. Uh, you want to do Dylan Thomas? Sure, Dylan Thomas. All right, guys. This is Dylan Thomas from Better Oblivion Community Center. We love you guys. We'll hear you guys hear us next week. Bye. Bye.